Hey everyone, welcome back to AWM Insights. It's your power to today. I am your host, Eric Averill, and I am joined by my co-host, our chief investment officer, Justin Dyer. And here on AWM Insights, each week we cut through the noise of what Wall Street is selling you to bring you the knowledge, skills, and access you need to invest like a pro. And so today we're going to tackle the conversation about portfolio construction. We've spent the last few episodes diving into your financial structure, and today we wanna hone in on the application of your actual investment portfolio. But before we jump into that conversation, let's review some of the things that are happening in the news. Uh, as it seems to be every week, COVID still is at the forefront of the conversation. Now there are these scares over the Delta variant. And so just seeing how the economy and markets are reacting to that, we had a very surprising unemployment number tick up for the first time in a very long time. And so there's some concerns about that that we continue to watch. Uh, on an exciting front, uh, the Olympics kicked off. And, uh, you know, it's definitely going to be a unique year for the Olympics. Not a lot of fans out there, which is unfortunate for the athletes. But at the end of the day, you can always get behind rooting for your country in the different sports. So uh, here is a sports family. We love seeing the Olympics uh, start. Interesting thing around the crypto space, Nassim Tlaib, who is a famous author for known of uh, authoring the books Fooled by Randomness and also The Black Swan, uh, is one of the foremost experts when it comes to probability, when it comes to game theory, mathematics, uh, really uh, published this incredible article stating why Bitcoin is truly worthless. And so we'll make sure to put that in the show notes. Highly encourage you to check that out. Um, and then kind of quick uh, quarterly uh, just update, or at least where we're at in the markets is, uh, we've had some tough days in the previous week, but ended the week near that all-time highs. And so we'll get some more into that information in this episode. But Justin, bring us into this conversation as we've talked so much around portfolio uh, construction and, and, and financial structure. But I want to talk about when we choose our individual investments or when we start to put an individual or put together our investment plan, what exactly is portfolio construction? Well, let's start with some basics. So, so well, to answer your question specifically or directly, portfolio construction is how we take your your financial assets, right? We, we're going back to your financial structure, your liquid, your cash. Let's let's even dumb it down further, and invest that in the market. We construct a portfolio of assets using that cash uh, to to tie back into your financial structure and and your specific priorities. Where do we start? So let, let's let's take a step back even further than that. Where do we start? We, we, we need to ask ourselves, what's our toolbox? What, what are the tools that we have to actually construct a portfolio? Just like you're constructing a house, right? You want to have the right tools to do the job correctly. And that can be a number of different asset types or market types. So we talk about equity, which is, or a stock, right? So those are things that are traded on, if it's a publicly traded stock, those are, those are these um, shares that are traded on publicly traded stock markets. I, I'm 
I'm going to be super basic here. So apologize if I'm offending anybody's intelligence, but just so we're all on the same page, right? You have equity slash, uh, slash stocks uh, or debt. Really, those are, those are two of the kind of underpinning um, foundational asset types within portfolio uh, construction. You know, there's all these things called derivatives. Those are options, uh, call options, put options, things like that. But the word to describe those derivatives means they are related. They are derived. Their value is derived from a basic building block of portfolio construction stocks or bonds, right? Stocks and bonds are really the two, again, foundational pieces that we have. Then you have private equity, private stocks is another way of thinking about it, or private debt um, or public, public equity and public debt, right? So the, the, the nuance there is on public, anything with the word public in front of it, we can buy or sell or anyone can really buy or sell. You open up a brokerage account with Schwab or TD Ameritrade or Robinhood, and you can, you can buy and sell these things on publicly traded markets. The private side, as we talk about quite a bit, is, is very unique and access really comes into play there. Um, another, another important criteria to think about when you're constructing portfolios, okay, do, do we invest all our money in, in our domestic economy or do we diversify around the world? Uh, I'm sure most of, most of our listeners know we are very much believers in a globally diversified portfolio and we'll get into maybe a little bit of why, you know, diversification really does matter. It's kind of that one free lunch just as a, as a teaser to that. Um, so, so those are the, let's say kind of first level, uh, questions or tools that we have at, at our disposable disposable to build a, a portfolio and then there's some unique aspects that are uh, that are specific to each and every client right how much money or what type of accounts do they have how much money do they have in a taxable account versus a Roth account versus a an IRA or 401k account and then that allows us to put this overlay of uh, of asset location as we call it um, uh, through this portfolio construction exercise to say, okay, well, each of, each of these assets that, that are in our, our toolbox have different tax um, uh, liabilities uh, attached to them, right? A bond kicks off income. If it's, a, if it's a corporate bond, let's say, that's ordinary income. You're paying income or income taxes on that as though it was uh, your, your salary, basically, Versus a an equity, a stock kicks off a dividend in most cases, and that's taxed slightly differently. And then there's also capital gains, which which have unique tax um, characteristics as well. And so we want to put, and I'm, I know we've talked about this, but we we do want to put tax inefficient assets in accounts that are more tax efficient or kind of shield or defer the, the payment of taxes. So that's kind of that second layer of portfolio construction that we think through. But um, to, to craft these portfolios, what we do in a very unique way, tying this back to financial structure, human, capitals and, human capital and your unique priorities, is that they're completely customized to each and every single client, where most of the industry today is using some sort of model portfolio. They're going to have a conversation with a client and they're going to ask you, you know, whatever, 10 different questions that are 
sometimes or usually, you know, boilerplate questionnaire, and it's going to spit out some score and they're going to put you in a, in a boilerplate, you know, 60, 40 portfolio is usually kind of one of the mo more custom 60% stocks, 40% uh, fixed income or bonds. Whereas we really, we take a step back, we work with the, the, the advisors, the relationship manager, wealth managers on the team to really, really, really know the client, their needs, their priorities. And Eric, you can touch in, touch on this side of it, where we then take those inputs, those conversations, and have a completely customized portfolio using these these building blocks. That was that was super helpful. And the things that are ruminating in my mind is a few things. First, the sports analogy. The reason we're talking about portfolio construction is no different than how do we construct a lineup in baseball, right? That there is the one through nine hitter and each of them have a very specific purpose of what's trying to happen within the game of baseball, right? We know historically you want someone to lead off who's going to get on base a, at a high percentage. There might be somebody hitting in, you know, it used to be the three hole and may it now be the two hole that is an impact power hitter that that can put the ball over the fence. And But what we don't do is take all power hitters who happen to have a high strikeout rate but a high slugging percentage and put them one through nine positions you would never do that you don't take one type of player and put him throughout the entire obviously lineup or on the field there are specialty positions and so that's no different when it comes to your investments what we see the amateur mistake made on a regular basis is never thinking through what is all the evidence say leads to ideal portfolio construction. It's just simply as an amateur, hey, I like this investment. You know, there are risks that amateurs make of falling in love with a specific asset class and thinking that it should demonize everything else. As an example, falling in love with the asset class of real estate, then thinking that it it's either real estate or everything else. And that's a misunderstanding really of what the evidence says. And so the late David Swinson, who ran Yale's endowment for so long, when we think of endowment models, and you can shed some light onto this, um, is there is a construction of the different amount in each type of asset class. And what made him famous was obviously bringing in alternatives. But what David Swinson understands and every professional investor understands is when you make one investment, there's an opportunity cost and an impact of your entire portfolio. Because as we've talked about, you have one net worth, you have one effective tax rate. And so it's an amateur move to look at an investment in isolation and think that your job is done. It should really fit into the question is how does this investment um, stack up against its its benchmarks in its own little world. But then how does it fit within my portfolio? Because a professional would have constructed a lineup or a portfolio to achieve your priorities. And so we always talk about one of the worst things you can do, another amateur move, asking your neighbor or your coworker or your teammate, hey, man, what were your investment returns? 
because their investment portfolio is constructed completely different than yours. So yeah, we'd just love to hear your uh, thoughts or maybe some detail around what we've learned from the endowment models and uh, what the evidence says about constructing a portfolio. And I know we don't have all the time in the world in this podcast. We'll do that in a future deep dive. Yeah, we'll, we'll build on this because it, it's it's hugely important. I mean, I love the baseball analogy, right? Constructing the lineup. You're, you can go back to probably your mom or your, your grandma or whatnot as well, not putting all your eggs in, in one basket, right? That old adage certainly applies. But there's a, a, a another critical aspect that I just want to touch on too is, is not only is what Eric said kind of the, the amateur move, right? Where you're just swinging for the fences or you're, or you're just throwing a bunch of stuff at the wall and seeing what sticks and, and kind of, you know, whatever, crossing your fingers in some cases. Um, even, even the, you know, so-called average financial advisor, wealth management firm, investment advisor, doing that 60-40 construction portfolio is is missing out on an element of that yeah you know maybe they're putting things together to be diversified hopefully they're globally diversified etc cetera, etc cetera. but it's it still misses out on taking into account your overall financial structure so kind of tying this back to your human capital your priorities um it's very complicated to build a portfolio taking those into account and and I don't want to get into the great the great details around that but certainly reach out have a conversation with with our our advisor team our wealth managers and and they can show you how we construct that financial structure and then how that then ties into the portfolio management side of things. So how does that tie into the portfolio construction side of things? How does that work? Well, the priorities, your priorities, your unique priorities are really the key drivers of how we, how we then start to build the the portfolio. What, what is important to you over the next couple of years? What's important to you uh, over the next 10 years? What does you know, full-on financial independence look like? Do you have some discretionary, nice-to-have priorities? Each one of those those goals, really, uh, we categorize a certain way, and then we match that the that specific goal. We call it a liability because it's something that needs to be funded in the future. We match that with the proper asset in the portfolio, right? So the, the portfolio is directly tied to your priorities and unique needs. Whereas most of the time people constructing portfolios, again, are just throwing something at the wall, asking their neighbor what their returns are or what stocks they're invested in or whatever. And it's just, it's, it's easy to do. It certainly is easy to do, but it's not optimal. It's not, it's not, it's not implementing an approach that will optimize your assets to meet your or your net worth really to meet your unique financial goals and priorities. And, and one thing I'll add to that and uh, as we close out here is going back to the relationship you have with your certified private wealth advisor or, or someone like Justin, who is uh, hopefully you have a chartered financial analyst. I always make the comment that you should ask, is there a CFA who is constructing my portfolio? And if the answer is no, do not pass go, uh, because you absolutely are working with an amateur at that point and not a professional. But going back to us having one net worth, you have to take into account all of your objectives and all of your resources. And so unfortunately, the way most of the financial world is set up is, is you happen to work with somebody at a brokerage firm, a Wall Street company, 
they are on a lockdown limited investment uh, platform. And so a, they do not have access to the best available investments across all asset classes. So that should already be a non-starter is as an as a as a client, I want to be able to have access to every available asset class and hopefully the best in each one that there is. And then the second thing is they are not able to, they're legally not allowed to start to advise or manage on those assets outside of their publicly traded platform. And so if you happen to have some private real estate, you happen to have some venture or some private equity or just a 401k plan through your employer is that investment advisor is not looking at your total portfolio. And as we'll get into in future uh, episodes, it's really those private investments that are the juice behind the returns if allocated properly. And so if you're in a situation when you start to think about investing, an amateur move is to only think about your publicly traded stock portfolio or just your private real estate is there's this incredible world of an, of amazing investment opportunities that are out there that you deserve to have access to all of them. And then you require the expertise who can manage and oversee all of that. And so hopefully this has been helpful. Like we said, this is a massive topic uh, that we could go for days on. And so future episodes, we're going to dig deep into each uh, one of these topics. But until next time, own your wealth, make an impact and always be a pro. The information in this podcast is educational and general in nature and does not take into consideration the listener's personal circumstances. Therefore, it is not intended to be a substitute for specific, individualized financial, legal, or tax advice. To determine which strategies or investments may be suitable for you, consult the appropriate qualified professional prior to making a final decision.